Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tessa of WrestleZone.com, joined by John Clark tonight to talk about WWE Monday Night Raw. John, how you doing? Doing pretty good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Raw tonight felt like a wrestling show. There were actually a lot of matches, like which was felt weird to me in a good way. Like I think all of the emphasis on WWE being a, a content creation company a lot of the time. This show, we got a pay-per-view quality title match. We got a bunch of matches, some good, some not so good, but there were matches to be had. So that was a that was a good thing. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about a bunch of stuff that happened on the show tonight. Uh, before I do, just want to remind you all that this show, like everything we do here at Dresden, is available on any number of streaming platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. We've got you covered. So, John, you know, sometimes we start at the beginning and work our way through. Sometimes we start at the end and work backwards. I want to start at the end and work backwards here because the main event – Left me with a lot of thoughts, and I want, I want to get them out before I lose track of them. So we, we had, uh, I should say, to set it up, we had uh, an open challenge start of the show. Damien Priest was going to defend, defend the U.S. title, and it turned into this, this uh, you know, congregation of sorts in the ring where you had uh, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, RK-Bro, and even Bobby Lashley. Two stories it, at once. Exactly. And to me... When it's done, when it's done uh, properly, that is very, very fun. I thought it was done pretty darn well tonight. It set up a fun, uh, as I said, pay-per-view quality title match on one hand, and a, in my mind, a pretty darn fun main event on the other. So we had that. We'll talk about that U.S. title match uh, later on. But to begin, uh, to start off here, we had the main event. It was RK Bro defending the Raw Tag Team Titles against Bobby Lashley and MVP, uh, and to me. I think we had, we've been talking about it since SummerSlam, wondering who could be next in line for the WWE title here. And at first, Randy Orton felt like a, perhaps a, a logical option, but maybe not the most um, fitting one, where it's like you would you would expect him to be defending the Raw titles in pay-per-view with Riddle, uh, and you, maybe you set up something more uh, transitional for Lashley. But instead here, we had RK-Bro beating Lashley and MVP. Now, I should say, we had AJ Styles and Omos, the former champions at ringside, planting the seeds that, okay, we're probably going to get a messy finish, probably going to get RK-Bro uh, and Omos and Styles at the pay-per-view. Johnny and I talked about that last week. But instead, WWE didn't... Well, they, we had some shenanigans, of course. This is, this is Monday Night Raw. But clean finish, Riddle pins MVP. And post-match angle, our Orton drops Lashley with an RKO. And to me, the, the only like that that was cool. That sets up the the op the, the option, or at least they plant the seeds for Orton versus Lashley. But I tweeted about it uh, after the main event. The only downside of this is this would really write itself if, and it still can, but it would be like picture perfect if the September pay per view was still a Clash of Champions because all this focus on being double champions here, where you have. Uh, you know, Riddle and, and Orton were talking, and, and then uh, even uh, last year was out there saying he wants to be a double champion by uh, facing Priest. That sets up this tight team match main event. And then Orton drops last year's RKO. You know, that would set up this champion versus champion, main, uh, likely, if not main event, you know, kind of headlining match for, in theory, class of champions. But we do know, of course, that September will be extreme rules. Not to say you can't do that match anyway, but there'd be something very, like, just, I don't know, very, just, very fitting about that. Literally a clash of champions. So, you know, I think that's going to be a lot of fun if that's the direction they go. But overall here, break it down here. Again, started. we could start with this main event here. But at least, again, playing the seeds by having Orton drop last with the RKO, that that could be where, where we might be going. 
Yeah, uh, before tonight and even before last week, I was kind of at a standstill with who I thought might get the next opportunity. Of course, we can talk on and on and on about how we were supposed to see Sheamus and Lashley tonight, which I thought, well, Sheamus might be next in line. But then that was one of at least two matches that were advertised tonight that we didn't actually get. So we get this main event, which was okay. It was pretty good. But then you really thought when that match ended the way it did that Orton is being set up to potentially pull double duty to extreme rules. Now we know that this isn't clash of champions. So theoretically they don't have to also defend the tag titles, but AJ Styles and Omos are clearly waiting for an opportunity to get the tag titles again. And I think they'll probably get that opportunity. Uh, Where I stand right now, I do think that Orton and Lashley will be Extreme Rules match. I don't think it'll be the main event. Uh, Roman Reigns has been too good to not be the main event of a pay-per-view. But uh, as far as the Raw side, yeah, this is. I think this is sets up to be a good main event. Uh, do you think that's where we're going? I have to think so. I mean, last week they kind of seemingly maybe set up Lashley versus Priest. And then when we had the, the open challenge there, they again kind of, Hinted at that a little bit, but I feel like that's more maybe a, a long-term thing. But yeah, if you have Priest with this U.S. title run, maybe you build him up a little bit. We'll talk about Priest picking up a big win tonight in a minute. Um, but otherwise here, I think for Extreme Rules at least, Orton would be a great option. Um, not too much you have to do to really build that up. He's had a good run on Raw here uh, as, a, as a, now as the tag team champion, as, our, uh, as one half of RK-Bro. Um, and yeah, it's Extreme Rules. You could easily throw a stipulation on it if you want. And th- that's well, we know we know at least one or two matches have to have some well, kind of, of stipulation. So yeah. um, this would make sense to be one of them in a way. I mean, they have three more weeks of Raw, I believe, to do this. Or I might even be wrong. It might be four. No, it's three. They have three more weeks of Raw to build on this. Uh, I-, I believe at this point we have we don't have any confirmed matches for Extreme Rules. But local advertisements have been promoting uh, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair, which I'm sure we'll probably get that match. So what, where I'm getting at here is we have no extreme matches yet, so we need some. <laughs> yeah, you know, and Becky, Bianca would make some sense. They already have that that feud. You could quickly build up Lashley Orton. For me, I mean, Lashley Orton, I want to see it because that's one of the biggest, you know, I don't well, maybe if not a dream match, at least on Raw, like two of the top guys that we haven't really seen face off all too much that I can recall. Uh, so that's definitely a match. I want to see. We're getting several comments here supporting that idea as well. Stephen Chambers saying it'll be a great match, but he doesn't see Akibro having the tag uh, the tag titles for that match. Maybe having Styles and almost get them back potentially beforehand. Um, I think that would be an option if, if you want to have like Lashley just uh, interfere or something like that. It's possible. Um, you know, I, I think, you, John, you mentioned Orton could pull, uh, could pull double duty, potentially. Uh, we, we see that sometimes, but um, that's an option as well by having to take the titles off him. I wouldn't necessarily want to see that. We just had Archibro win the tag titles here at SummerSlam, so I feel like I wanted, I'd rather kind of, if, if we're going with this kind of maybe transitional story, having uh, Lashley face Orton and maybe, and you could easily just kind of excuse that, oh, Orton wasn't 100% because he pulled double duty. And of course, it's worth mentioning they had a digital exclusive with uh, 
with Goldberg saying he's hurt, he's getting uh, his knee taken care of, but he's going to come back, not for the title, but to quote-unquote rip Bobby Lashley's soul out of his chest. And you can pretty pretty safely imagine that that will probably be at Crown Jewel. Uh, that would be in October. So. Or he'll get the babyface reaction. Note that. That's very important to note. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that's that's something, right? That they could have that, that match for Goldberg. They, they could actually have him get the reaction they would probably want him to have. Um, good comment from our friend Shonando saying, is Lashley versus Orton the last of the OVW guys to have a match? I mean, yeah, there's that, that classic class of OVW guys, uh, Lesnar, Orton, Batista, Cena. This is like, you know, just in general, top w, two top guys that I haven't, I can't really recall ever really facing off, let alone for a title match. Maybe they faced off here or there, but nothing like this. So that, to me, adds even more appeal to it. Uh, on the other hand, DJ Cassie wondering about potentially seeing Orton versus Riddle Extreme Rules. I don't. I wouldn't expect to see that. I mean, to me, that's more of a, a long-term story. They just got the titles. Uh, I would. I would not expect to see them really split up anytime. Really, I would say like probably uh, Star Series at, at the very earliest. So that you know, I feel like they'd kind of want to stretch it out as long as they can from a storytelling perspective, from the merchandise perspe- uh, perspective. They're probably going to draw that out as as they should. Um, so yeah, I, I like the idea of of Lashley facing Orton here. Uh, if that is where they go, that we did not get any confirmation that that was just felt like the the tease direction tonight um, for the, for the short term, especially with uh, with Goldberg kind of waiting in the wings there. So definitely worth also mentioning. John and Johnny mentioned a minute ago. Yes, we were supposed to get Lashley versus Sheamus. We were supposed to get the Miz versus John Morrison. Uh, we we technically got Eve Marie versus Dewdrop, although that was uh, a little wonky. Or, or very wonky, uh, and we're getting several questions about what that meant or in terms of like why that happened. I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen anything about it yet. I imagine maybe we'll, there'll be some reports about it tomorrow, uh, but it's, it's too early to really say. Um, I don't want to speculate. This is the, we're still in, in the pandemic era. You never know. People not passing protocol or not being cleared. You, you really never know. We, you know, we've heard guys like Kofi Kingston aren't cleared right now. We don't know why. Sasha Banks is absent. Don't don't exactly know why. Uh, so these things just happen. Uh, oh, and of course, this is also the same show where you see Vince McMahon constantly uh, rewriting the script kind of last minute. So um, it could also just be a point of, you know, maybe he just literally decided to go in a different direction for some of these. Um, so, I, you know, again, I don't necessarily want to speculate about why we didn't see these matches. Uh, one comment asked if we might see them on Extreme Rules instead. I mean, that's possible. John, I think you and I mentioned last week that some of these matches felt like they belonged on the Extreme Rules card, Miz versus John Morrison being one of them. So maybe, maybe somebody on the WWE side of things had that thought as well, of like, oh, you know, maybe maybe we should uh, pump the brakes and hold off on that one. So, you know, uh, we like I said, Orton Lashley there definitely a fun direction, and we sh- might as well kind of segue that into talking about Damian Priest here, uh, picking up I would say the biggest win of his. I would say, at the very least, his main roster career. He faced, basically, based on that open challenge we saw, uh, we had uh, Damon Priest defend the United States Championship against Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, two former WWE champions. This was, as I said, a pay-per-view quality match. It was physical. It was fun. It got some time. Uh, this is Raw at its best. Three meaty men slapping meat, doing what they do. Uh, and, Ma- and Damian Priest pinned Drew McIntyre cleanly. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, no shenanigans here. This was as clean as it comes. So to me, this really, this really suggested that they are, if not all in on trees, that, that they view him pretty darn highly. 
and um, that that he is uh, in good standing here. Where you know you he, you have him pin a, a two time WWE champion, arguably the face of the brand. For me, I love it. I looked away for a second. I, I, the other sequence of Sheamus getting the, the claymore, and I assumed that Sheamus got pinned, and then I was like, no, it was McIntyre. I was like, oh wow, like that's a big deal. John, what do you think about this triple threat match and the fact that Priest just pinned Drew McIntyre tonight? Uh, Priest is definitely feeling more comfortable, both on the microphone and in the ring, and I'm glad to see that. He's one of those NXT guys that didn't necessarily have a ton of success in NXT, but it comes to the main roster and thrives. Alexa Bliss did it, uh, you know, and now uh, Elias did it in a sense because he was a no-namer in NXT and came, became somewhat relevant in the main roster. And then, of course, Damian Priest as well. And when you see stuff like that, I think... Uh, it leaves positive impressions on those such as Adam Cole that are looking at these guys going to the main roster and thinking or watching how they're being treated. Now, of course, uh, Keith Lee, we're still waiting to see where they go with that. And, of course, Karrion Cross is another topic as well. But as far as Damian Priest goes, he's been there for a half a year now. And he has elevated himself very nicely, like Riddle did. It took Riddle quite a while as well. But Damian Priest is doing something similar right now. It was a very good match. I thought this was, and I tweeted this as well, a, a pay-per-view caliber match. Uh, I would not mind to see them run this back at Extreme Rules. I don't think it would probably be as good as the match tonight because it's never as good the second time they do it. But... If they throw in a stipulation of extreme rules, you never know what you could see there. But uh, I really do think we are slowly making our way to Karrion Cross and Damian Priest having a feud, which, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they did not in NXT. They did not briefly, have a feud, right? very, very briefly. Yeah, uh, towards the end of uh, Priest's run in, in NXT, I think actually that was his last uh, feud. It was uh, he, that's basically how he got written off of NXT. Okay. Uh, so they, so they could, if they could, if they want to, kind of tie that into it. It's like, oh, you, you know, indirectly, you know, kick me off of NXT. So and you know. and I would be okay with them doing that. But the match tonight itself, it was good, and I I don't think that they made the wrong decision with Drew being pinned clean because I mean Sheamus had already been pinned clean quite a few times. Let's not forget he wasn't even really supposed to be in this match. Uh, word had come out earlier today that McIntyre was slated to be the opponent, but that Vince, of course, like he usually does, had been making some last-second changes. Hence, we ended up with the triple threat. So, all in all, a very good segment. Curious to see where this goes. Uh, while we are, while I did mention carrying Cross, I might as well, you know, talk about carrying Cross tonight. Uh, he was in. I would call a squash match, but some people didn't call it a squash match. I don't know what you would call it, Colin. Somewhere but in between. Somewhere of course, between. it was Humberto Carrillo, and I mean, I got what I expected. I, I, the end result was what I expected. Uh, break this down for us and what you thought of this, though. Well, you had Kieran Cross coming out. I think this was week two of the yes. or maybe, yeah of, of the, the helmet match. of the helmet and odd whatever you want to call it, gear that he's got now. Um, and I tweet about after the match, so I'll, I'm going to jump to the end and then work backwards. So he he beat, he beat Humberto, made him tap out, and I tweeted, uh, by giving Humberto so much offense, uh, Cross looked like a jabroni, and then I realized, like, oh, he he, he didn't need to give uh, Carrillo too much offense to do that. He looked like one, looked like one anyway. Um, for me, like, 
I'm somewhere in the middle on this one where Cross should be really kind of like squashing everybody until we meet someone that is an equal or someone that they want to present as an equal, whether that, that could have been Keith Lee, uh, if that was built differently, or you mentioned Damian Priest a minute ago. Um, Carrillo does not seem like that to me, but at the same time, this is a guy that, that was feuding for the U.S. title, what, two months ago? If, yeah. if roughly so you know i i could see the argument there that's like this guy has been on raw this guy's you know kind of held his own with sheamus has you know albeit with some wonky circumstances pinned sheamus so you know there, there there is something to be said there um but not the best look where you're like this match you know went longer than i thought it was it's not like it was this you know 20 minute epic where career like took him to the absolute limit but you know it I would have expected or maybe even hoped for a more decisive win here for Cross. Uh, Nesh Curse definitely agreeing with uh, what she's saying. She's a Cross, needs Scarlet, not the helmet here. Um, and Stephen Chambers is saying Cross is stupid with the helmet. I mean, yeah, we, we could harp on the, the gear all day. We, we did that a good amount last week. So I feel like that is, at least for now, here to stay. Nothing we can really do about it. Um, Royal Taker Sanchez having some optimism for Cross's future, saying, I see Cross as a potential, uh, you know, future king of the ring if they if they do bring that back and kind of similarly here uh dj cassier saying that cross could be in the title picture maybe maybe even a, a main event guy i mean i would agree uh or at least i would i would have uh before they introduced this gear and even before that the way they've been booking him on the main roster it's not too late to save his main roster run here but uh they're definitely like i feel like they, they've dug a hole for themselves and they've got to kind of dig out of it now where between, you know, he lost to Jeff Hardy in his debut. He lost to Keith Lee once, I believe. And uh, now he's got this gear that has become like a laughing stock. So uh, I'm not, for me, the, the the easiest way to fix him would be get rid of the gear, bring up Scarlet. Or again, if, we, if we've talked about it before, if she's not cleared or if they don't want to do that, all right. But what, what they are doing doesn't feel like it's working. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I feel like something like King of the Ring could be good. You give them kind of this the, an accolade like that. Uh, I don't know if that's, that'd be a short term thing. I don't know, like, because I don't know when that would be. Supposedly, they, the report, some reports have said they are bringing back Queen of the Ring. And I think I saw one report that said they are going to be bringing back King of the Ring as well. So King Cross has a ring to it. Yeah, you know, I, I could see that. I could see Vince, Vince McMahon liking that. But otherwise, how would you recommend? What's, what do you think is next for King Cross? Like, beyond some of, some of these kind of one off wins here like where where's where's he really going well like i mentioned i think it wouldn't be a bad idea to put him with the uh, united states championship feud and damian priest but i think for his first like semi-serious feud because what's going to happen is he's going to keep do dominating people and he's going to eventually take somebody and pound him so bad that somebody's going to come out and stick up for him um i wouldn't be surprised if it was drew mcintyre i mean that would kind of make sense to me uh, but then at the same time, I don't think Drew should be losing a feud to carrying Cross, but it would obviously benefit Cross at the same time. Uh, we're just like, like I said, we are pretty much exactly a month away from the draft. Uh, yeah. the, two days from now, we're a month away from the draft, which was moved from New Orleans to Baltimore tonight because, of course, a uh, sad scene of events in New Orleans due to the hurricane. They had relocated SmackDown now to Baltimore that night which was going to be the first time of the draft. So um, with that, with it, this being that time of the year, they don't really do a whole ton of things that kind of start new feuds because they know 
they're going to shake things up in a month anyway. Uh, if they really wanted to give Cross a kind of a reboot, they could move him to SmackDown immediately and kind of repackage him that way. But I think, uh, like Raul says, King Cross sounds powerful. I think it does sound powerful. And, yeah. and now that you mentioned that, I I never thought of that until you said it tonight. I like it. Uh, in the meantime, I mean, because look, the the rumor for the finals is going to be Crown Jewel, which is the very end of October. If they really want to draw out this tournament, like I think they should, like make it like a month long. Because like King of the Ring should have more than just eight people in it. Yeah. I think you should have at least eight from Raw and eight from SmackDown and make it 16 people. And then you can draw it out that long. So if you start the King of the Ring, say, maybe the night after Extreme Rules, you Cross has something to do right away. From now until then, that's only three weeks. Just have him. Well, so who do you beat tonight? Humberto Carrillo. So have him beat Drew Gulak next week. Have him beat Cedric Alexander the week after. And have him beat Shelton Benjamin the week after. And there you go. You got three three wins there. And then you put him in King of the Ring because people like Karrion Cross, people like probably Keith Lee are going to be in that King of the Ring tournament because it, it helps you. I mean, King Corbin could be, eh, did it really help him? I mean, for a little bit it did, and then it kind of got old. Uh, I mean, technically right now, if you think about it, King Nakamura, he's like a top five guy. I mean, he's been consistently top five in our universal rankings for weeks now. And I think that speaks volumes that having that King name and utilizing it the right way means something. Yeah. You know, to me, if you maybe ignore the the gear, ignore the the booking that he's endured so far, let's say, I, I see the potential for Karrion Cross to have a, a Brock Lesnar-like run in King of the Ring when Brock first came up to the WWE main roster way back in the day. Just have him, like, run rough shot at the tournament, win, Maybe they don't have to go all, like you know all the way with it and have him get a title, win the title right away, but just you know build him up like that. I like you know your idea of having him building him up in the next couple of weeks before King of the Ring like that to make him look stronger, like that idea. Um, and then of course, if it, especially if you pair that with uh, eventually, you know, uh, pairing him with Scarlet, yeah, I think that's that would be a, a winning recipe here. Two fun comments from Nando saying that he feels like cross doesn't meet WWE's vision of a main roster main event guy to that. He feels like cross cross the wrong personal pun there. Um, and also that he, he says that cross has become a hedonistic dungeons and dragons harper. Um, and I mean, yeah, they're like, they, I feel like they, they're trying to lean this, like in this gladiator like character a little more, uh, more than what we saw in NXT, unfortunately. So again, I really liked his work on NXT. I thought that was a good character. Um, and maybe as a, a, a middle ground of what we, what we were talking about here, and not just suggesting move crosses Smackdown, bring Scarlet with him, so we have that kind of a fresh coat of paint there to, as a reboot of sorts for him, and have him uh, potentially do a Smackdown-only uh, King of the Ring. I mean, I, I think if they do King of the Ring, it should be across both brands, because that way you can kind of reign supreme as the king overall. I think that's kind of the appeal to it. Uh, there are a number of ways they could do it. Nestor Curse suggesting they could do a Raw versus SmackDown King of the Ring, kind of like do a, a two brands kind of thing. Um, but no, I, I like your idea of doing it throughout the month. I think that way you kind of maximize it. But on the on the on the other hand, while we're talking about it, Deeds Cassier wondering, you know, should they bring back the King of the Ring pay per view? You know, have it be a one night kind of thing? Uh, do you think there's more appeal to that, or having it drawn out? Uh, throughout a number of weeks like then they've been doing that more more uh for the more more recent years here yeah i think an argument an argument could be made either way 
But I do think if they brought back King of the Ring, it would probably just replace Crown Jewel and they would do it over in Saudi Arabia because that that's kind of like, I feel like that's kind of the thing that's reserved for Saudi Arabia. Now they, they're always going to get that kind of big event. They had the greatest Royal Rumble, of course, before. And then they had some best in the world tournament as well. But I think that they're going to be reserving this for, for that kind of scene moving forward. Uh, obviously, they, they're, they're promised a lot of things because they're getting paid a lot of money. So they're promising to provide Goldberg, uh, Undertaker in the past, Shawn Michaels in the past, uh, you know, Brock Lesnar now, we think. And I think King of the Ring goes hand in hand with that. And you're going to give us all this money, like more money than we make selling merch in an entire year for a four-hour show. If you want King of the Ring, you're going to get it. And I think that is a fair trade, even though, of course, every time they run advertisements – and the fans boo, and then we post about it on Twitter, but then the fans in Saudi Arabia comment, and then they're just, like, acting like that didn't happen, even though it clearly did happen. So um, I think there's just this animosity and bad blood that, you know, people are upset that certain things have unfolded the way they have. And, like, me and you have mentioned this before, uh, since they couldn't go there basically the past two years, at least a year anyway, uh, they still do have seven years to fulfill of their contract with uh, Saudi Arabia. This isn't going away anytime soon. So I think the sooner the people understand that, the, the faster we can move forward uh, and realize that the King of the Ring tournament is, it, it's especially Queen of the Ring, and to make a statement for Queen of the Ring in a place like Saudi Arabia that is making advancements and working harder to provide women's rights and to see that match we've had before. Uh, I, I know it's contradictive to some people to think that you should not have Queen, Queen of the Ring there. I think to me it speaks volumes about it, it being more than just wrestling, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more in that sense. Uh, I listened to Booker T's podcast. I think when the first reports coming out that they would potentially be doing Queen of the Ring, and that's exactly what he said. He said, you know, this is bigger than wrestling. Behind me over there, you're really making a statement about how far wrestling has come, but also how far society has come. So that's a big deal. And and yeah, I mean, the, the, the Saudi Arabia shows are very controversial. And I think, at least in the short term, that narrative that discourse will continue there's nothing you can really do about that um you can hope people will you know just roll i think with it. the thing the thing that rubs people the wrong way the most is that they they're clearly going like wrestlemania style like they're going all out for this kind of stuff by providing like the biggest names they have and just ran like like before when they just randomly threw together a big match like you know DX versus Undertaker and Kane for no reason like i think people get upset that they're just making these dream matches to make them happy with no rhyme or reason which is understandable i would say uh, absolutely and i would say uh, thankfully at least on paper right now it looks like uh, if they do Crown Jewel which is, has been their report uh, that it looks like they're they're setting up an actual like in in universe show where it's like it's it feels like we might be getting Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns there we might be getting Bobby Lash versus Goldberg there which that's something they've been building to that makes perfect they're sense. They're actually continuing storylines and they're yeah. not going to throw in another pay per view in October like a week or two after before like they have done in the past. I think exactly. this is this is going to actually be the October pay per view and there's not going to be a clash of champions. I think we're going to go from Extreme Rules 
we're going to go straight to Crown Jewel, and then we're going to go right to Survivor Series. And I think that's a good way to do it. I would agree. Uh, definitely some cause for concern here about Crown Jewel happening. And I don't want to speculate because I don't know. But it's worth you know, just pointing out that between COVID concerns again, between some of the things happening in that region right now, we don't want to get into the weeds with it, but there are things happening in the world right now. Um, so there is cause for, cause for concern there on, on both of those fronts. Um, so sitting here today, we have to assume that the show will go on as it usually does. Um, if not, you know, I would hope that they do clean the ring anyway. That's something that I've been hoping to see for a while. That's something that our you guys in the comments a bit have been, you know, pitching for a while. Fernando Fernando first pitched, I remember months ago. So one, if if slash one Queen of the Ring finally happens, like you know, tip of the hat to him because like I remember he 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 suggested that a while ago. Um, so I don't know. Like again, sitting here today, I don't know. Those things are far above my pay grade. About like wondering if a show will happen uh, again. COVID concerns, real uh, political concerns, whatever. Um, I don't know, right? And I don't want to get into the weeds with it, but there, there is some cause for concern and I, I don't know what to think about it. So we'll so, have so situation. You said that there was a lot of good parts about Raw tonight and there was a lot of bad parts about Raw tonight. We've already discussed a couple of the good things. So why don't you tell us one of the bad things of Raw tonight that you didn't like? Nia Jax pinned Charlotte Flair cleanly in the middle of the ring in a, in a fairly long match. This is the longest Nia Jax match I could remember. And I'm never, ever here to, to bury somebody, to say, I don't like them, therefore they shouldn't be winning. Um, I just, I, this match started and I was like, okay, I'm curious to see if Nia wins, like that kind of like what we saw in the main event. I was like, okay, I feel like we're going to be going with Bobby Lashley and uh, Randy Orton here. Nia Pinstraud Flair much more decisively than we saw in the main event. I'm like, all right, this feels like we are going to get Nia Jax versus Charlotte Flair probably at the pay-per-view uh, Extreme Rules next month. Um, boy, uh, this is backwards in the sense, in my in my humble opinion, that you know, to me, somehow, John, we are still rolling with Nia Jax and Shane Baszler as a even a, a dysfunctional team, but a team nonetheless. They're this wouldn't be so much better. Granted, I'm biased because I, I like Shane a lot. Shane Baszler a lot better. This could be so much better if Shane were in Nia Jax's shoes. If Shane being the one that that uh, defeats Charlotte Flair here, setting that up. But I feel like Shane hasn't won a match in months, and, and yet Nia Jax has, uh, and and she's been very very protected in that sense. So um, Nia pins Charlotte Flair cleanly. No shenanigans. You know, if you're gonna have that, if you're gonna have that, you might as well go the raw way. You have Shane Baszler distractor, something, but no, clean as a whistle, no, nothing about it, and um, so I feel like this is where we're going, and I mean, uh, we're this is the roster, obviously, but you know, th there's some comparison to be made with um, was Nyla Rose in AEW that she's like lost several title matches, and she's like always in the mix there, and I feel like that is very much Nia Jax at this point, where it's like. You know, there's nothing that they can do to like get her out of the title title picture. Like she was always in it. And to make matters worse, last week I was hyped up because we saw Alexa Bliss confront Charlotte, and I was like, "Oh, cool! Like that's where we're going." And to play devil's advocate, Michael Kent, Michael Kent saying we could get a triple threat match. Maybe Alexa was not on the show whatsoever tonight, so I'm not really sure what's going on there. Um, 
And, and it's interesting you say about Alexa because people were going off on Twitter about where is she. Uh, in fact, a user asked, you know, what, why aren't you on TV? And then she replied with the emoji, like the shrugging shoulders, like, don't ask me. And then later on, somebody was concerned. They said, I hope you're healthy. And then she replied to that. And also, and she said, I'm fine. Thanks for asking. And then just four minutes ago, she, she tweeted, Oklahoma City is nice, but I'm ready to go home. So I don't she was know. There. And they, you would think, like, that's what I read that as. Yeah. What? Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. So she was in Oklahoma City. It looks like she just wasn't being utilized. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, but let's talk about Nia and Charlotte. I think they legit got into a shoot fight at the end of this. I've uh, been hearing I, that go around, yeah. I truly think that Charlotte pissed off Nia Jax somewhere or the other by hitting her or doing something. I think it was when Nia kind of dropped Charlotte like almost on her head and Charlotte yeah. got up and was visibly upset and kind of shoved her. And then it looked like Nia threw like two legit blows, like punches to to the to the head. And then Charlotte did the, you know, the booty shake, taunting her when she was down. And then they just went home after that, and, and Nia just absolutely destroyed her. And I was completely surprised. Yeah. I, I'm here for it. I like the surprise like that. Um, I'm a little concerned that Bliss wasn't utilized because she had the mo- kind of momentum. Uh, I am expecting at least one triple threat match at Extreme Rules. But just coming off of a triple threat feud here with Rhea Ripley and, and Nikki Ash, it doesn't make sense for me for this to happen again. So Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax have history. Maybe they would have a number one contender match. But at the same time, after last week's developments, I thought we're going to get Alexa Bliss. After yeah. this week's developments, I'm like, we're getting Nia Jax versus Charlotte. Uh, but uh, there maybe is some cause of concern where they, they changed their mind with Alexa Bliss. She was clearly in Oklahoma City. She said she was. So they, they gave her the night off, and usually they don't make you go the whole way out there if you're not going to be used right, at all. Right, so right. plans had to have changed, and we already heard earlier today that Vince was rewriting the show. So what do you make of all this? I don't know. Like, to me, the, that, the fact that she was there, like, I guess, yeah, it, it might just be a matter that the plans changed, and that sucks. And then just be blunt about it. Um, I would agree with you, with you saying that because we just got a triple threat match uh, for the Raw Women's title SummerSlam that they wouldn't really do that the next month. They could. They've done crazier things. Um, but I feel like that wouldn't be the best direction. At the same time, we just saw Nia Pinchoy cleanly. So maybe this this would be a case where you, you, you do some kind of stipulation uh, to spice it up and you know add some intrigue to it. But... Um, yeah, man, I feel like this is the direction we're going, for better or worse. Uh, Stephen Chambers predicting predicting that as well and saying Shayna could turn on Nia. Nia could be the babyface. I don't see that. I agree. Like I'm always try- I always try to think these things through. Like I just not. And I think I think pretty much anybody could be a babyface. I'm just saying I can't really see her in that role myself. Um, I maybe the other way around. Maybe I have Shayna turn on Nia and Shayna's babyface because she can finally get out of this <laughs> this ridiculous team. Uh, on, the, on the other hand, thinking about Charlotte here, did you guess wondering, uh, do we see Charlotte turning babyface? I mean, she was backstage second week in a row, and this, this was the second week in a row. She was cutting like a babyface promo, or sorry, a heel promo, and she got cheers. Like people, it's very quickly turning into a thing where people are going to cheer Charlotte Flair for being Charlotte Flair, uh, and kind of like over on, he mentions over on SmackDown, you got Becky Lynch being supposedly a heel now, although. That's not for battle because people are going to want to cheer Becky Lynch. But on paper, if you want to have Becky as the heel, I mean, yeah, it, it would make sense to have Charlotte uh, 
be a more traditional face in that sense. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and uh, on paper again here, right now, this in theory was a heel versus heel match. Uh, although you have, you know, Charlotte getting somewhat cheered here. Um, I don't know. So I, I, I and Stephen, Stephen Chambers saying that Charlotte's better as a heel. I think, like I said, she's quickly in this area of like, she's this cocky, like, I'm Charlotte and, and I'm like, I'm, it's, she is a, a gray area and that, and that, and that works for her and it's cool. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I was very surprised that the Jacks pinned Charlotte cleanly. Uh, and just to put a bow on it here, Nando saying very, very wisely, when it comes to Raw, the only thing that makes sense is that nothing makes sense. So yeah, I don't know why Bliss wasn't used. She was there. I don't know why she wasn't a factor in this match whatsoever. Um, like I said, they they could do a triple threat match. They could maybe do the, a rematch of this on Raw and then uh, have Bliss with people anyway. Getting a couple comments about doing doing you know upping the ante here, having either a fatal five way or or a six pack challenge. You know, do you guys say pointing out you could do Jack, Charlotte, Bliss, Cross, and Ray Ripley, or um, Michael Kent uh, saying you could do Alexis, Charlotte, Nia, Shayna, Rhea, and Nikki in a six pack challenge. So I mean, yeah, you know. If they really want to go out, go all out with it, do, do something a little different there. Um, I feel like we haven't really seen that on the raw side of things recently. I know SmackDown did as I think they did it. What well, was that? Probably back at WrestleMania 36, they did, they did yeah. a six pack challenge. So you know, it's been it's been a little while. So they could do that. Um, I think that would make sense. That way, you get you get people on the card, you, you utilize them. If they were going to do that, I would hope that you would have used Alexa tonight. Is they already have. Uh, Nikki and Rhea kind of, you know, interacting. We had, um, I should, if we're on subject, uh, Rhea defeated Shayna Baszler, of course. <laughs> Shayna can't buy it one at this point. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, I like the idea of, of doing something like that. Uh, and we're getting a couple of questions, wondering, just to uh, put a bow on it here, if uh, if there's any uh, possibility that, that Charlotte losing this was a, a punishment of sorts for, for what Ric Flair and Andrade have been doing. No, I don't think so. It's Charlotte Flair. I mean, we've talked about it before, you know, when Andrade and Rick showed up at, at were there at the, uh, the uh, triple A show, like, no, Charlotte's fine. Like they, they can do what they want. Andrade. She, pr- she pretty much even acknowledged the past couple of weeks that WWE is her home and it will be for a long time. And yeah. for her to say that amid all this stuff going on, I think it means something. Yeah, and especially Rick Flair basically spent time on a, I guess you could say competing company's pay-per-view praising WWE. So there's no bad Vince McMahon on an NWA pay-per-view. So, you know, good stuff, wholesome stuff, you know, everyone, they're on good terms, right? They may not be working together anymore, but it seemed to be clearly seems to be an, an, an amicable, you know, peaceful yeah. uh, departure in that sense. So I definitely wouldn't think so. This definitely feels more just like a, they have something in mind, whether it's Nia Jax challenging Charlotte or, or something. Uh, I wouldn't read too much into the, the punishment aspect. I could see where you might like connect those dots, but I, I wouldn't necessarily think so. Because it is Charlotte Fire. If it was somebody else, maybe, but it's Charlotte Fire. So otherwise here, uh, let's talk about the two matches that were advertised. But we did Well, we got one kind of, and we did not get the other. So we were advertised to get Eva Marie versus Dewdrop. We got the match, but... They, uh, the two we got a video package, and I literally tweeted, "Oh, they've they've done a good job piping this up as an actual you know story." Granted, it hasn't been perfect. The dewdrop thing, still not great, um, but they kind of salvaged it, and they we got this kind of you know 
seem like we were talking about earlier. This seemed like a match that could be on Extreme Rules. Uh, instead, we got tonight, and it was, it was odd that Dewdrop attacked Eve Marie kind of from behind, and she slammed her, and then she counted a, a pin, but the match hadn't started, and the referee had said uh, Eve Marie is un unable to compete tonight. And this was all very, like I think this happened within like a minute, maybe maybe two minutes. And then Dewdrop yeah. announced herself as the winner, kind of mocking Marie's thing, like the winner of the match is Eve Marie in this in this case Dewdrop. Um, and the announcers played off like this was Dewdrop being able to move on. They're like, oh, at least now uh, Dewdrop can you know be free of Eve Marie. Um, yeah, I guess that could be it. Uh, if so, it's all disappointing. Like that, we didn't even get a real match here. Uh, Nesh Curse <laughs> saying it's because Eva still can't wrestle. I mean, I will say I listened to uh, an Eve Marie interview earlier today, and she's clearly very passionate about the business. I think she gets a hard rap, and I've I've criticized her myself. I'm not going to hide from that. Um, but she she had said in the interview that like well, her one of her goals here is to really help the younger talents that she's you know being that she's working with, and Dewdrop being a great example of that. So. Dewdrop technically won, so that's good. And as we've been talking about for a couple weeks now, even just by being uh, in Eva Marie's proximity here, that she's kind of benefited from that. So if she is, uh, you know, moving on to bigger and better things uh, other than Eva, I guess that's good. Um, but yeah, you know, I I don't know much more to really say about. It. I guess I just I thought if this, if you're gonna do a blow off match, that it'd be a match and not and not this, but. Um, what do you think about this, John? The fact that we didn't really get a match and that it seemed like they they were uh, pretty readily moving on here. Well, I think it's kind of uh, an interesting approach that they took. Uh, it, parts of it didn't make sense, but parts of it I thought were a good step forward. I'm just confused where this is going, though. Like, it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere other than just kind of like ending. And is this really going to benefit either of them hugely if this just kind of ends like that? Like, what are they going to do after this? Well, we have at least one idea here where uh, Nando is saying even Marie did best as Nia's manager. So you could kind of, you know, circle back and have her be the, <clears throat> the catalyst of breaking up Shane and Nia. I mean, hey, for me, I'd cheer if that happened. Like, yeah, I would, that actually give her some, some baby face um, energy with me where it'd be like, okay, at least, the, at least she's helped with that. Um, yeah, like, you know, if, like I said, this was a feud, so kind of tra traditional structure here, you'd, you'd hope for a more conclusive, satisfying ending here. Um, if this is it, yeah, you neither one, neither one really came out of this looking great. Like I said, it was weird to have Dewdrop attack her from behind, pretty heel thing to do. Eva, um, yeah, may maybe she could transition into more of a, a manager or, or non-wrestling role, or if she is here to wrestle, then you know, I don't know. Um, she mentioned in that interview, I mentioned that uh, she wants to chase titles. So it feels like she is kind of there to, to wrestle. Um, so I don't know. I, I may, I feel like we might, they might run this back next week. That's what Raw does. And maybe it'll, it'll be an actual match next week. Uh, and speaking of an actual match that we did not see this week, we were supposed to get the Miz versus John Morrison. And I was very excited for it. We had Miz trying on Morrison last week. This was a match that uh, Johnny and I both really thought would be, very suited to extreme rules uh, the pay-per-view you build it up for a couple of weeks you may, maybe you give it a stipulation and have some fun with it 
they announced it for, for tonight and like some of uh, the uh, like we said with uh, bobby lashley and sheamus it didn't happen the show supposedly got rewritten or whatever uh so backstage morrison had said uh ms i think he's like he played off like ms went back to hollywood or whatever, whatever or something like that yeah basically he had said that uh oh i want to prove i'm the bigger man so i'm gonna face the biggest man there is almost wow that's a bad idea <laughs> you have morrison coming out there uh, a week off of this this face turn i guess an, an indirect face turn where he, he got betrayed by miz but that clearly set him up as a baby face so he comes out there very much in need of, of a win in need of some positive momentum and he got destroyed he got destroyed he, he got squashed well plain, plain and simple uh not a great look for him almost has been unstoppable they they've booked him pretty darn well whereas like he feels unbeatable at this point uh as he, as he probably should he's a, he's a monster he's a big the great collie yeah pretty much maybe and i i like to think he's impressed me a little more than that in terms of actual in-ring ability but yeah. the, the comparison's there um not but this was this was not great like you know almost as they, they could have done anybody else here it could have been uh, ricochet. 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 I hate to say it, but like, my gosh, like <laughs> Ricochet is not in the storyline with them is here. Um, I hate to say it, Jeff Hardy, like other people were, could have been in, in this spot. Um, so now we're here. We are, you know, I, I, and I tweeted during the match that I hope that we'll get into Morrison anyway. And as I said, or in the show, maybe they realize, Oh, we, we should just hold off and do this pay-per-view. If that's the case, hopefully next week we'll get some development here. Um, not just saying more than eatable butternut squash very nice very nice uh seasonal comment there none that cracks me up but um yeah this was a little disappointing i hope as the relative sanchez here saying that you know in theory morrison could greatly benefit from beating the miz in this feud in a potential match uh and potentially kind of climb the ladder and i, I mentioned a while ago like as a, even a transitional uh, opponent for bobby lashley i think that'd be a pretty darn good match so that but that would that would require you know this feud to to be uh, put together properly to, to have him go over strongly and to have it be good rather than this definitely not a good look uh for uh morrison knight and unfortunately yes nesker's raw was not moist tonight it was not most uh moist ctv uh on the red brand here um not too too much else here but we're getting two comments about it. so I'll just wrap it up here oh, we did see the viking raiders were back tonight they had a promo saying the usual stick feel the raid uh they're trying to uh, the announced team was trying to uh emphasize like oh they're they're a little more aggressive tonight they're a little more uh you know a little more grisly here i guess uh and they faced jinder mahal and veer who got the jobber entrance so if that that should tell you what you, what you need to know um that you know gender went from pretty quickly losing to drew mcintyre SummerSlam to getting this jobber entrance they actually got a good amount of offense like i thought this would be a squash match because of that and they actually got some good offense in here but the viking raiders won so thankfully we're getting you know a maybe maybe a third team here established in the tag division we did not see uh, mustafa ali and um Mansoor tonight so you know uh but i guess you have technically i guess what maybe four teams there if you count them as well and the the, the ascension knockoffs and mason t-bar uh, and I didn't don't I just want to at least give it a, a little a little light here. Akira Tozawa dressed up like a dog tonight. He was in a, a dog mascot. Uh, they did this, this like cinematic thing for the twenty four seven title. Reggie was doing flips. Truth was wearing a, a blonde wig, um, but Akira Tozawa was in a dog costume. Like my gosh, what are they doing, John? 
What are they doing to Akira Tozawa? Oh, man. This, this, this was bad. This was really bad. This was... Um, I, I, I had to take a video of this and send it to people that don't watch professional wrestling <laughs> just to show them this video. Oh. And I did not do any favors with getting them to watch it anytime soon because they looked at this and they were like, how can anybody that is sane and like normal watch this kind of thing every week? And I'm just thinking like, I don't know, like I get it. I mean, it makes sense for our truth. That's just what he does. Tozawa is just like our truth, like our truth and like Tozawa is like Reigns and Usos because like Tozawa is the right hand man to our truth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. trying to get this title back and then they start bickering about it and uh i don't know i guess it's okay whatever but i don't i don't know uh, i'm gonna I'm agree with nando saying i hope they paid him extra to dress like that because like you gotta you gotta have some some intestinal fortitude to go out there on tv and and dress like a dog and like you literally crawled around in the kind of, like in this dog costume um all but oh, literally barked oh. So like, my gosh. Um, don't, yeah, don't. You, you deserve a raise. Let's let's play. Let's leave it at that. Uh, John, on top of all, all this stuff here, put together, you got a pay-per-view quality title match. You got a fun main event. You got Akira Tozawa dressed like a dog. You got Nia Jax pinning Charlotte Flair. Uh, good and bad, everywhere in between. What do you think about the show tonight? This one is for Mr. James Espanto. It is... A 7.5 dog. Perfect. Tonight's show is a 7.5 dog. And it has been almost three months since I could give Raw a 7.5 dog. And Stephen Chambers is around the same page with me as well. Uh, I thought for Raw, it was very well. The in-ring action was very good. The stories, let's just see how they play out uh, with Extreme Rules coming up. Uh, one month, like I said, just four or five more Raws until the draft, get a fresh start there, hang in there. The ratings have been going up the past couple weeks. We cracked 2 million. We beat SmackDown in the demo. <laughs> Colin, I am talking to you about Raw beating SmackDown. It's crazy. So it's like January. Like This is usually like you and Robert talking, but I finally get to be a part of the action <laughs> talking about the better show for the ratings last week. Hey, you know? popped a big rating on Friday, so well, I'm talking, I'm talking later. demo, just the All demo. Right, you're right, right you're right. But no, raw. Hey, popped a good number. Put in two a, million for the first time since January fourth. So that's good. I mean, he, he, we we're we're in the business. We're in the business of you know focusing on those numbers, and you know it's good. You know, it's going like, down this week. Let's be honest. It's not going to maintain that number, but hey, well, the show was better than last week. I thought. Yeah, no, I would agree. Like, I, I just to go for for a circle. I started the show saying it felt like a, a wrestling show tonight. That's pretty darn cool. Yeah, I got a bunch of matches. One of them very easily could be on, on a pay per view. Fun main event. Wasn't all you know, wasn't perfect by any means, but for all, it was pretty good. And we're getting a, a nice range of numbers here. DJ Kessler with a five point five. Kevin Taylor with a seven point three. Uh, Verall Taker Sanders giving a five point one, but a solid one. Uh, Laura Rock with a 7.4, Michael Covington with an 8.3, um, and that's because an 8.5, pretty high there for Raw. I I would probably go for a 7.5 dog. Like we're talking about Kira Tozawa out there like a dog. It's a fitting number tonight. Um, 
it was good, man. Like for, for me, I watch Raw. I want good matches. I want to be entertained. And like they said in Gladiator, are you not entertained? You got, you know, the fun made Famous, event. famous. Got, are you yeah. not entertained? <laughs> so, you know, I was, you know, and that's all I can really ask for because that we've had plenty of Raws here during our time doing the show together that I'm not entertained. So I can't ask for too, too much more than that. And financial non giving us 6.7. So not, not a bad show by any means. And at least that for sure as a step in the right direction. So hopefully ratings and no all ratings, uh, oops, not, they're going to get ratings. I just mean, if the rating goes down next week, um, hopefully we can, we can hope that uh, it'll be a good show again. We're on the road to uh, extreme rules here. And then you think about, uh, you know, the, the draft, Crown Jewel, all these things to look forward to beyond that. But in the meantime, John and I will be back here next Monday to talk about Raw. We'll be here on Tuesday night to talk about NXT, which got plugged tonight. I think it was at least three times they plugged the NXT re- revamp. We've seen the blindingly, bli- the blindingly bright logo that's rainbows and sunshine and everything that the black and gold band was not. Um, so we're going to have to wait and see what happens there. But the John, did you know NXT is coming? That is what they told us tonight. NXT is coming. I think it's coming September 14th, Colin. I think we still got two more weeks of this uh, old school layout, which is a little weird if you think about it. But yeah, yeah it's coming. It's very weird. Coming soon? Coming eventually? We don't know. It cracks me up because the, they, uh, in the little clip they played in the show, it says NXT is coming. And then on, on Twitter and stuff, it's like NXT is coming soon. But, but it's like, well, is it coming or is it coming soon? It's like, how long are we going to have to wait? So, Tune yeah. In. Uh, well, we will tune in. You and I will be here to talk about it uh, tomorrow, or I guess now it's Tuesday night tonight. Uh, <laughs> uh, to talk about it on, on in the meantime. Day. In the meantime, Colin's going to get to work on a new graphic for the show because we're going to need a new NXT post show graphic now. Can't go with the yellow oh, anymore. Gosh. <laughs> and the, the worst part is that at least like when it was black and gold, super duper easy, slap on some gold. <laughs> now it's freaking like rainbow and like neon, and it looks like Nickelodeon. Get Bill on the phone. Oh, I will. I'm going to call up awesome Bill, our graphics <laughs> master, because I, I can't do that. Like That is some complex graphic uh, tomfoolery. I don't even know. Uh, well, we'll, we'll be here to talk about it on Tuesday night um, you know, for the, the last gasp of the Black and Gold era here uh, on NXT. Otherwise, Rob D. Fleece and I will be back here on Saturday morning to talk about Friday Night SmackDown. We got pushed out of Friday night due to AEW Rampage. And speaking of which, the Dynamite, the Dynamite dudes with Rampage, Dominic and Marcus, will talk about all things AEW. Uh, and we, we've got a, a great stream of news coming to you guys. I can't give it away, but I've got, I've got a couple fun ones lined up. So keep an eye out for those and in the not-too-distant future. Uh, otherwise, Bill Purser recently interviewed CM Punk, a big one. He interviewed Paul White. Uh, just a, a great stream of news constantly coming at you guys. Make sure to leave like, subscribe, uh, like I said, it's not called Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. We've got you covered. So leave a like and subscribe and just continue to show your support. You guys are awesome. Thank you for all your wonderful comments tonight. We appreciate you for making the show uh, as fun as it is. And in the meantime, John, in the meantime, especially on like tonight, we get an actually decent to good episode of Raw. It makes it easy to do the one thing we do here at WrestleZone. And can you tell me what that is? Enjoy wrestling. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.